0: Open your Bibles with me to Romans chapter 5. I mentioned it in Sunday school. I, I've got two goals as pastor, and they've been my goals ever since I came here. Number one, to teach folks how to take off the world's glasses and put on biblical glasses, to see everything through the lens of Scripture, and then to see our children serving God in the next generation. If, if the children aren't serving God, then we've completely wasted our time. And uh, so I'm excited to see these young people have a heart for ministry and to serve the Lord. And even those who, who don't participate in the music ministry, they're still making us so proud here. I'm so thankful for them. So praise the Lord for that. Um, those who do the music are just better. That, that, that's all that I was. All right, Romans chapter 5. I mentioned last week that I was going to speak on the virgin birth of Jesus Christ today. And this is one of my favorite topics because it's an overview of the entire reason that Jesus Christ came. What we do, why we worship, why we're here. And at Christmas time, we do take special uh, care to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. And then at Easter time, people celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But of course, as a Bible preaching church, we celebrate the resurrection every Sunday. That's, That's why we come together on Sunday. That's the purpose of it. But this special time of celebrating the birth of our Savior, it's a... It's a wonderful thing. So make sure that you have a Bible in your hands because we're going to be all over the scriptures. If you don't have a Bible with you, there should be one in the chair in front of you. So get a Bible and we're going to be all over the Bible this morning. Why don't we go to the Lord in prayer and ask him to help us? Lord Jesus, thank you for coming. And at Christmas time, we know that you weren't born in December. We know that. And we know that, that, you, that, that a lot of the trappings of this holiday have nothing to do with you. But Lord, today we thank you for coming. And Lord, as we look at why you came the way you did, help us to understand the amazing path you blazed through history and that you told us ahead of time all of it. Thank you, Lord, for it in Jesus' name. Amen. So when we talk about the virgin birth, that is the fact that Jesus Christ was born without a human father. And of course, that is a miracle. That is a miracle. He's the only one born that way. And that's why John 3.16 calls Jesus Christ his only begotten son. He's the only one. He said, now, anyone who gets saved can become a son of God. Praise the Lord for that. But Jesus is the only begotten son of God. Why was the virgin birth necessary? We see that in Romans chapter 5. Look at verse 12. Wherefore, as by one man, that would be Adam, sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Let's read it again. Wherefore, as by one man, sin entered into the world, And death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Look with me at uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 22. For as in Eve all die. Is that what it says? Who ate of the fruit first? Eve did. But the Bible says, for as in Adam all die, so in Christ shall all be made alive. It's interesting. Verse 21. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. Which man? The man of, the, the, the son of man, Jesus Christ. A special man. Adam, and, and the technical term is Adam is the federal head of, of the human race. So when the Bible says, wherefore as by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin, that is Adam as the federal head of the human race brought sin into the world. And that's why we needed a savior. The Bible makes it very clear that, that, that sin must be paid for with blood. But a man could not be sinless and pay that sacrifice. So there had to be something very special happen. Look with me at Job chapter 9. And let me say this, we're going to see some familiar verses, some verses that are less familiar. Stay plugged in because it's really important that you see how God has woven this together in the Scriptures. So remember, Job has been suffering and he wants to pray to God. But look at what it says. Verse 28, I am afraid of all my sorrows. I know that thou wilt not hold me innocent. If I be wicked, why then labor I in vain? If I wash myself with snow water and make my hands never so clean, yet shalt thou plunge me in the ditch and mine own clothes shall abhor me. Talking about God, for he is not a man as I am, that I should answer him and we should come together in judgment. Neither is there any daysman betwixt us that might lay his hand upon us both. Let him take his rod away from me and let not his fear terrify me. Then would I speak and not fear him. Look at this. But it is not so with me. But it is not so with me. What is he saying? God's not a man. So understand throughout all of history, from the time that Adam fell until Jesus Christ came, there was no man who was God. Think about that. So prayer had to be either God speaking directly to someone that was generally a prophet, but God didn't speak to individuals that way. They had to trust Him by faith. They had to believe Him by faith. They had to believe the prophet's words. They had to believe the words of Scripture as they were able to read them. There was no man. Look at Genesis chapter 3. So remember what Satan always does. He begins by questioning God's word, then he denies God's word. Verse 5. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride of life. Satan's only got three attacks. and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. You know, people are still trying to sew fig leaves together. Come up with all kinds of ways to cover their sin. Everything except the blood of Jesus Christ. There are so many religions in the world and their their fig leaf might be communion or their fig leaf might be baptism. Their fig leaf might be giving. Their fig leaf might be a good life, a holy life. They're just fig leaves. They're fig leaves. And look at what the Bible says. And they heard the voice of the Lord God. Remember, Jesus Christ is the word of God. So this is Jesus. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. Isn't that hilarious, hiding from God? do I know I've told you this story. Jacob's home, so I'll tell it again. So he was, he was 16, I think. And we were playing hide-and-seek in the living room. And at that point, the curtains came down to about right here. And we're playing hide-and-seek. And Jacob said, I'm ready. And, you know, we do the ready or not, here I come. And I walk into the living room. And Jacob was hiding behind the curtains. He thought we couldn't see him. (laughs) And we're, where's Jacob? (laughs) Don't you think that's kind of like what it's like here? And I've got to tell this because it's just, it's it's funny. (laughs) So I hated swimming, always hated swimming, hated swimming lessons. And some of you know this story, some of you don't. But I had to have a swimming test at the Y, and all the family would come and watch the swimming test. And you had to swim from one end of the pool to the other with your face in the water. And so I thought I would fool everybody. So I put my face in the water and walked all the way like this, not realizing everybody in the stands can see through the water. I'm sure my parents were up there. My son's an idiot. But isn't that silly what children do? We think The children think they're hiding. They think they're hiding. It's hilarious. Adam and Eve thought they were hiding from God. When God says, where art thou, Adam, is that because he didn't know? Or is it like us walking into the room? Where's Jacob? Where's Jacob? You all need to do that after church. Just go out to where's Jacob? You're so cute. Itty bitty boy. You're too. Welcome home, son. So let's look at the text. The Bible says and the Lord God, verse 9. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, Who told thee that thou wast naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree? Whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest eat? Remember, God never asks a question to gain information. And he said... The woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. Isn't it interesting that the first thing that happens when sin enters into the world is people try to shift the blame for their sin. And that still happens today. Our behavior is always someone's fault. If I lose my temper, it's because of what someone else did very interesting. Look at what it says, verse 14. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field. And upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And it's interesting that in the millennial kingdom, when everything is restored, the Bible calls that the times of restitution of all things. When God restores the earth to its prefall glory, the serpent still crawls in the dust. This is Forever. Verse 15, and I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. You need to mark that word, it. It shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. What the Bible is saying here is that one day there would be a man on earth that did not come from a man. That's crazy, isn't it? Notice what it says, the seed of woman, the seed of woman. A person is promised, but an it will bruise the head of the serpent. So what are we supposed to look for? We're supposed to look for, first of all, a person. But this person is not only a person, but an it. A man born without a man and in an it to strike a decisive blow against the serpent. Do you see what it says again? Verse 15, and I will put enmity. Remember enmity, just whenever you see that word enmity, think war. All right? And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed, that's the serpent, the serpent's going to have seed, and her seed. Tonight in the evening service, I'm going to preach on the battle of the seeds. It's one of the most amazing things for the scriptures that you'll ever see. And this ties together with the Wednesday night Bible study. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head. Now that head, that's a mortal wound. And thou shalt bruise his heel. So this it that comes from the seed of woman will have his heel bruised. That is, he will be wounded, but it will not be an ultimate wound. But Satan will ultimately be destroyed by this it. So we need a person who is also an it. That's what we are to look for through history and through the Scriptures. Look at Isaiah chapter 7. The virgin birth. Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14. Therefore, the Lord Himself shall give you a sign. Remember, the Jews require a sign... The Greeks seek after wisdom. All right. Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive. That'd be quite a sign, wouldn't it? A virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Now, be sure in Mark, Emmanuel, that's going to become very important in our story. The the account that the Bible gives us. A virgin shall conceive. This would be a baby that did not come from Adam's seed, but from the woman's seed. It's a very special thing. She would, uh, he would be a child or she would be with child without a human father. This speaks of a child entering into the world who would not be the product of human reproduction. You know, the wonderful thing is this is centuries later, but God has not forgotten. God has not forgotten. This weaves all through History. Now, look at Isaiah chapter 9. Very interesting. Verse 6. For unto us a child is born. Do you see that? It's not unto Jim and Laura or unto any particular couple. This is the entire Jewish nation. Remember, from... Romans chapter 9, how important the Jewish race is. Because the Messiah came from them, unto us. But what I love about this is this is not only for the Jewish nation. This is a birth announcement to the world. Unto us. And look who is born. For unto us, uh, what's that word right there? Child is born. Unto us a son is, what's that next word? The child was born, but the son was given. Jesus Christ existed before His birth. That's Jesus Christ. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name. Look at these names. His name shall be called Wonderful. Counselor. The mighty God. Now how can a child be God? How can a child be God? Because a son was given. Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God. Look at this. The Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. How can a child be the Everlasting Father? How can that be? It's very interesting. Look at the the details of this, that this child will be the Everlasting Father, and he's going to sit on the throne of his father David, the prophets were puzzled by this. We're not going to take the time to look at it. But in 1 Peter chapter 1, of which things the, the prophets have looked into diligently, they've inquired, but God said it was not unto them but unto us who have preached the gospel with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven did they prophesy these things. So the prophets desire to look into that. But this is a very interesting birth announcement. Look at Micah chapter 5. So just start at Zechariah and go back a little bit. Micah chapter 5, look at verse 1. You see the two comings of Christ. Now gather thyself in troops, O daughter of troops. He hath laid siege against us. They shall smite the judge of Israel with a rod upon the cheek. But thou Bethlehem Ephratah though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me, that is to be ruler in Israel. That ruler in Israel, he's going to sit on the throne of David. That's why he's called the son of David. All right, he's going to sit on the throne of David. He's from David's line, whose goings, look at this, whose goings forth have been from of old, from everlasting. That everlasting father, do you see that? So Jesus Christ, He is for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. This is the virgin birth that we're reading about. Look at Jeremiah chapter 22. It's interesting that this promise has been made. That God would give a virgin and He'd sit on the throne, that He'd give a a virgin who would be with child. And that child would sit on the throne of David, but there's a problem. Look at verse 24. Jeremiah chapter 22 and verse 24. As I live, saith the Lord, though Caniah, the son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, were the signet upon my right hand, yet would I pluck thee thence. And I will give thee into the hand of them that seek thy life. So this is what God's going to do to Israel and to this king. And into the hand of them whose face thou fearest, even into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and into the hand of the Chaldeans. And I will cast thee out and thy mother that bare thee into another country where ye were not born and there shall ye die. But to the land whereunto they desire to return, thither shall they not return. Is this man, Keniah, a despised broken idol? Is he a vessel wherein is no pleasure? Can you imagine God saying all this about you? This is what God is saying about this king of Israel. Wherefore are they cast out... He and his what? Now we have a problem. See, Keniah is in the seed of David. Keniah is in the line of David. Whoever is going to sit on the throne has to come from the line of Keniah because Keniah is in the line of David. Middle of verse 28. And are cast into a land which they know not. O oh, earth, earth, earth. Three times. Hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord Write ye this man childless, a man that shall not prosper in his days, for no man of his seed shall prosper, sitting upon the throne of David and ruling any more. And I can just see Satan. I did it. I finally did it. The Messiah is done. There can be no Messiah because he has to sit on the throne of David. And now I have corrupted that seed. But God had a plan. Jesus Christ was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Jesus knew exactly that this was going to happen. God the Father knew exactly this was going to happen. God the Holy Spirit knew exactly that this was going to happen. But the only way that God can fulfill each of his promises and honor the word of judgment he has just spoken is if someone comes into this world whose genealogy can be traced through David's line, but whose seed did not come from the men in that line. This child would be born of Caniah's family, but not of his seed. How would God accomplish that? What was God going to do? Go with me to Matthew chapter 1. Man, when people read these passages and they hear these verses, whether they're in Christmas songs, they just don't have any idea what they're saying. They don't understand the significance of all that took place. Look what the Bible says for us. Matthew chapter 1, look at verse 18. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise when, as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before the child came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, Jesus' father, being a just man, did I read something wrong? What's it say? Joseph has never called Jesus' father. Except one place where Mary said, your father and I were worried. And Jesus, at 12 years old, immediately corrects her and says, know ye not that I must be about my father's business. It's very interesting. So, verse 19, then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream saying, Joseph, thou, look at that. What's he called? So he is in the line of David. He's a son of David. But thou, Joseph, son of David, fear not, take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall conceive, I'm sorry, therefore a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name, what is that? Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. God with us means that God became us. It's so much different than God visiting us. God became us. The creator became a part of his creation. He did not remain aloof. He's not as the deists say where he started everything and then he took his hands off it and said, I don't have anything to do with it. Jesus Christ entered in God with us. Look at Luke chapter 1. God had this plan all the way from the beginning. Look at verse 26. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto the city of Galilee named Nazareth. Now, those of us who have been studying on the Wednesday night Bible study, we looked at Michael, we will be looking at Gabriel, a very interesting character in the Scriptures. Verse 27, to a virgin a spouse to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. Do you see that? That's the same as being a son of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation should this be, wouldn't you? And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shalt call his name Jesus. And he shall be great and shalt be called, look at this, the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob. How long? And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Now, you've got you to admit that's a weird pronouncement for your son. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a what? A man. What do we have? We have a child who will be born of the seed of David, of the house of David, but without a man. And the angel said, and the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy... Would you mark that word? What's that next word? It's an it. An it. Not a weird clown. An it. Do you see that? That holy thing. Which shall be born unto thee, shall be called the Son of God. So, what do we have here? We have the virgin birth, and that fulfilled Genesis three fifteen and Isaiah seven fourteen, and then the throne rights of Isaiah nine six. He's going to sit on the throne. I know not a man. This fulfills the prophecy of the seed of woman, her seed, and of this kingdom there shall be no end. That's the Everlasting Father, the eternal God of Micah chapter 5 and verse 2. God fulfilled every one of those specific pro- uh, prophecies in one man, Jesus Christ. That's the significance of the virgin birth. Remember, go back to Romans chapter 5, verse 12. Romans five twelve. Wherefore, as by one man, sin entered into the world, and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. 1 Corinthians 15. Verse 21. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. What did Job say? For he's not a man. He's not a man. But do you know what Emmanuel means? God with us. See, here's our problem. Our debt, our sin, required the sinless sacrifice of a man. But the Bible says, there's none righteous, no, not one, there's none that seeketh after God. The Bible says that we're all sinners. There's no such thing as a sinless man. Only God is sinless, the Bible says. But God can't die. He couldn't die. Therefore, according to Hebrews chapter 10, thou hast prepared for me a body. Why? Because in the blood of bulls and goats, I was not satisfied. There needed to be a sinless sacrifice of a man. That's the reason for the virgin birth. You see, a person of the line and seed of David, but an it, a thing. Remember, no man's seen God at any time. God's a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. But that's why, look at first John. You gotta see this, first John chapter one. Here's the significance of it. Remember what first John is about. First John is dealing with Gnosticism and these false religions. And he's giving us the birthmarks of a true Christian. 1 John chapter 1, look at verse 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have, look at this, seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, seen with our eyes and looked upon. Is that redundant? No, because God couldn't be seen. It's such an important thing to get across. Then what is the next thing that it says? And our hands have handled God. Of the word of life. Now God can be touched. Remember what it said in Job? For he's not a man. There's no no daysman betwixt us. Do you know what Jesus Christ did? Jesus Christ came down and offered his hand to me and joined his hand with the Father and became my daysman. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men. What's that next statement? The man, Christ Jesus. That's the reason for the virgin birth. Jesus Christ became an it, that holy thing. Isn't that strange language? It shall bruise his head, that seed of of woman. That, That holy thing. When you were born, look at that thing. And you did look like a baby lizard. Don't let anybody ever tell you anything else when you came out. Look at that thing. No. Look at her. Look at him. There's never any doubt. Strange language. It. That holy thing. Why? God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the Fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son. The Bible says this, Who, being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, that's Jesus Christ. That's the reason for the virgin birth. Aren't you glad he came? There's so much more to Christmas than Santa Claus. It's so important that we understand that Jesus Christ came that He died on the cross. But the reason He came was so that He could die to be the Savior of the world. And that one who came, He's mighty God. He is the everlasting Father. Unto us, a child is born. That's the it. That's the thing. But the Son was given. Didn't begin at at Bethlehem. Didn't end at Calvary. That's the God that we worship at Christmas. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Lord, we don't deserve You. We don't deserve what You've done for us. But thank You for coming, and we celebrate that at this time of the year.